Blog Talk Radio. Aloha. Welcome to Talking Pictures and Filmmaker, Female Filmmaker Friday. And it is episode six. Um, and we are going to be joined today by Jenny Gold, uh, film director of a movie called Cinemability, The um, Art of Inclusion. And for some reason, we have her on the board, and we're not, uh, it's not going in. Uh, so we're just going to have her call right back. We apologize for that. Murphy's Law, whatever can go wrong will. Never happened before where a caller's on the board, and it's not coming through. I have no idea why. Uh, today we're going to talk about her film. Well, I'll get her to explain the synopsis more thoroughly. Um, this is a... Wonderful documentary. I I don't want to word it wrong. Filmmakers dealing with disabilities and overcoming those, whether it's actors, directors, um, sorry, working on my ums. This documentary uh, came to VOD, is on VOD. Hold on. Hello. Hello. Welcome, Jenny. Hey. How you doing? Sorry about that. Good, good. Sorry about that little glitch. It showed you on my studio board, but I wasn't. Nothing was coming through. I apologize for that. It's okay. I'm glad to finally be here. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I, the, you know the one great thing about this show is that uh, filmmakers understand tech glitches. <laughs> so, yeah, so we always do. kind of we try not to use it too often, but we go, oh hey, they'll understand that the sound went wrong or. Um, so thank you for joining us today. This is episode six of our Female Filmmaker Friday series, which we started a little, a little while back and then uh, had to put on hold for a surgery I had. But um, uh, before we get into the film, well, actually, we'll start out with the synopsis. Uh, I didn't want to read it because I felt like it'd be best to have the director tell us what it's about. So feel free and let yeah. us know. Uh, well, sensibility is um, about the power the media has to influence society's understanding of people who are different. In this case, um, we cover all sorts of minority groups that are underrepresented or misrepresented, but focus on the story of how disability has been portrayed over the decades, really from the silent era to today, and how these portrayals have influenced people's understanding of what someone with a disability is capable of or what they're like. Now, do you, when you, when you say different, how do you, how do you fit that into uh, the way people don't want to be called different or treated different? So how, how would you explain that, that part of it? Well, um, when, um, well, you know, no one, we are all the same, right? I mean, we all right. have the same likes, dislikes, loves, desires. You know, we are all human and in the human condition. Um, but some people look differently or act differently or believe differently, you know, whether it's a religious difference or a race difference or a sexual preference difference or a disability difference. There is differences. And often in media, in film and TV, these differences are either ignored, they don't exist, or they're misrepresented in stereotypical ways. And these stereotypical ways 
in film shape people's understanding of what that minority group is like. Um, and I think over the decades, we've maybe become more aware of this in certain areas. Certainly, we've been better in the, in the area of race, but not perfect. But in one area, disability is commonplace to not even have someone with a disability at all in the the narrative that you're doing, in the, the movie or the TV show, even though there's people with disabilities make up 20% of the population. So that's sure. kind of an interesting thing. If you go out in the street, you're going to see someone. Maybe it's someone signing or someone with a seeing eye dog or in a wheelchair or with a cane, something. Um, but in movies, you typically don't. And when you do, it might be that person selling pencils on the street corner, and that's not really a positive representation. Right. Well, and your film was, uh, please tell us where we can find it right now, because I know it had said VOD when I reviewed it. Um, I'm someone who just does Netflix, Prime, Hulu. Uh, so VOD, that's like, I should know this, but because it's, I don't use it, it's like, uh, so go ahead. It's on it's on uh, iTunes. It's on Amazon. Amazon uh, regular. It's on uh, Google Play. Uh, it's coming out on DVD and uh, Blu-ray. Um, pretty much whatever your favorite outlet is, um, you can oh, get it. Oh, congratulations! Um, congratulations, DVD and Blu-ray. Did did Jonah tell you that each guest uh, has to autograph a copy for the show? <laughs> <laughs> He didn't mention, but as soon as it comes out, ah. we'll definitely do that. You know, okay, the we'll, people we'll like you we'll... that are helping us get the word out because, you know, we, we don't have a big marketing machine. We are basically an independent film, even though we've got Ben Affleck and Jamie Foxx and Gina Davis and basically a who's who of Hollywood. Um, and people don't understand that the film is quite entertaining because, yeah, we talk about some serious topics, but, you know, we show some of your favorite movie and TV shows, and we do it in, in a fun way. I had Peter Fairley of the Fairley Brothers tell me, um, you know, I got more laughs than some of his films um, because we tried to add a lot of humor and, and make it a really fun ride, and that's what we did. Yes, it was. You know, for people out there, you guys got to check this out. I was fortunate enough, and of course, thank you to Jonah and Scott and Potent PR. Um, Jonah, uh, I call him like a pillar of this show, but you know him. He's always like, no, 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 no. It's like, okay, after oh, a thousand favors, Jonah, you do have to accept a thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, w what I loved that you did with this with this documentary was, and I'm just going to mention some of the names, just as as you just did, just to mention it, so you guys can understand that this how is obviously a human issue, but. Uh, the people who were in this film, we got to see them and not see them as, oh my gosh, it's, or, oh my gosh, it's like William H. Macy. I'm a William H. Macy nut. So to see him and not hear him talking about what it was like to work with Paul Thomas Anderson or to see Ben Affleck and he's not having to plug Argo. I'm a huge Peter Bogdanovich fan. I was lucky when I was 20 my grandma told me to watch the last picture show I'm I'm 40 now so mm -hmm. it's like scares me when people say Peter Bogdanovich who uh <laughs> of course Gina Davis Jamie Foxx and the great thing that you that Jenny did with this film was of course to also show clips um 
you know, Gary Sinise was a great person. I was glad that you uh, had him in there, uh, all that he does for veterans. And also, too, I really related to this film because I don't have specific physical disabilities, but I have mental disabilities through a uh, a, a, a brain tumor that I have. And through being epileptic, I have a lot of memory issues. Like some, like today, I didn't know what date it was when I was talking to my doctor. And so sometimes people look at me and they're like, oh, you're fine. And I'm like, okay, well, not knowing what day it is, isn't fine. Like, so um, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to remember my lines. That's why I would never be an actor. Um, so I really liked how you, you also managed to take all these people and have the human side. And of course, at any moment, we're all film fans. So we're going to be like, you know, Superman when I was two is what made me love film. So of course, for two seconds, I'm going to be like Richard Donner. Oh my gosh, Superman. Uh, So I I really want to know, how did you uh, get past any of your own fandom sitting with these people uh, discussing these issues? I don't know if you ever get over I'm like you. I'm a film nut, and I love these, you know, artists, and, and they're so talented. But it was fabulous to, you know, meet some of them. Some of them I knew. Some of them I hadn't met before. And to see them really open up and, and not only give out their time, but, you know, actually have revelations on camera. That's when you're like, whoa, this is awesome. You know, because they're coming to think about something that they never thought about. One of the questions we asked everybody is, what was the first time you remember seeing a character in a film or TV show that had a disability that stood out to you? And they have to think about it for a minute, and when they when they mention it and explain why it was important to them, it, it's really kind of fun. It's kind of a fun thing for everyone to, to do. And 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 I think the, the time that I actually forgot what I was doing was uh, when we were doing the voiceover uh, work recording at Jane Seymour's house. And uh, we shall uh, put a prayer out for her today because the, the fires are heading towards Malibu right now. But um, she uh, is, you know, she's got a wonderful voice with that accent. And I'm supposed to be timing her on the, you know, the dialogue as we're, as we're you know, trying to fit the VO to fit the movie. I got so relaxed listening to her. I kind of forgot what I was doing. I forgot to hit, you know, the, the stopwatch. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. But, um, <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, that, she just puts you so much at ease. That's, you know, because I, I, cause as I was going through it, um, I, I've, I had the good fortune to interview Peter Bogdanovich once for a magazine. And I, I literally remember just kind of, you know, it, it it was about eh, 15 years after I had seen the last picture show and Paper Moon and all that. And, and of course, Mask. When I first saw Mask, I didn't know it was Peter Bogdanovich because I was like seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, but I was kind of, I remember sitting there just thinking like, and you know, his history with interviewing directors and writing books. And I just right. kept thinking, what could I possibly ask a guy who interviewed Chaplin? <laughs> well, like at what you know, like at what point is this guy going to be like? Oh, I was doing this for years, kid. Um, you know, and of course it was 
you know, he's uh, all I can ever say is, is he lives up to what the myth is and all that. Um, yeah. But uh, well, I, I also I, I I let myself ask one question for myself, um, not for the film. Um, so huh? when I was doing the interview, we, we would talk about sustainability and what the topic was, but then at the very end, I asked one just for myself. So smart, I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it was, um, it was great. Now, if you don't mind sharing, did you have somewhat, did you have a, I guess we'll move it off of a personal level, but for the film, did you have a specific person or revelation that came from that person that's in the film? So I'm not saying share, share something Gina Davis told you off the record uh, to where you really just kind of had to be like, wow, I just, that just came from such and such and this project pulled that from them. Um, well, I think Richard Donner, when he was, you know, I'm talking about the casting of Lethal Weapon, um, was, was really honest and forthcoming. I, I also thought uh, Marley Matlin, when she talked about uh, winning her Academy Award and how some of the people um, reacted to that. Uh, was pretty fascinating. Right. That, yeah, we know both of those and that Richard Donner one. Uh, I mean, yeah, to think that you captured something there that is such a large p- part of film history and what everyone loves. And to, and that was kind of, for me, that was kind of a weird part because it was like, you don't want to feel like it wouldn't have worked the other way, but you couldn't see it working any other way. Like you couldn't see those characters swapping. I, I right, don't think it would, right. work, you know, and that's, what's so weird. It's just one little thing. And you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. That maybe would have made it past part one, not four, and how everybody, uh, the phenomenon that it became. Uh, let's see. I know, I, I don't want to go back or spoil anything. So if there's anything you'd like to say, um, I I don't remember if it was addressed or what you would like to say of Richard Donner, of course, casting Superman, and then what ended up happening to Christopher Reeve. Um, well, yeah, I mean, he obviously talked a lot about that. You know, not only uh, Richard Donner, but also Jane Seymour had a very you know personal relationships with Chris Reeve and. And he um, is a big part of, of the film, uh, you know, when, when um, he appears in Cinebility as well. But I think that, um, you know, the, the interesting thing about the documentary, sometimes you have such good material. Our first cut was, you know, four hours. And now Whoa. the film is, uh, you know, we had to get down to 90 minutes. So there's a lot of great stuff that is on the cutting room floor. Um, but it's still stuff that we want people to be able to see. So we're putting a lot on the DVDs and then the the Blu-ray will have other stuff. And we're also putting some stuff out on the internet just to let people know. And there's a part where Jane Seymour talks um, in depth about some Chris stories, which are fabulous and nobody's ever heard before. Um, Ah. But it's, it's very, um, um, you know, very honest. People were very uh, forced coming and and opened up you know at first some of the people that i didn't know 
were maybe um, cautious because they thought, oh, they don't want to say anything politically incorrect, and they were nervous. And then when I explained to them how much, you know, I love film and 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 the business, and that we just wanted to tell a story that, you know, had been overlooked. Because even in today's climate, where you know you've got the Me Too movement and Oscar So White and all this stuff, people were still ignoring the topic of people with disabilities. So when they talked about diversity, they would mention all these different groups and they would exclude people with disabilities, even though it's the largest minority group. Um, So that became kind of an interesting uh, reality that we were were kind of noticing. Um, And and that's why I think the film is so important right now to get out there to let people know that you can't have inclusion unless it's true inclusion, you know. Um, when I did, I, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the Betchel test, and I hope no. I don't pronounce it wrong, but um, somebody had started a, a test uh, for, you know, for, primarily for women characters. Are there two women in a film, and do they talk to each other? about something other than a man. And so that's been around for a while, and I had heard about it. I'm on the Gina Davis um, Institute for uh, Gender and Media Advisory Board, and so I, I knew about that and in, in the disparity of, you know, women in movies. Um, so I thought there should be one for people with disabilities, so I started something called the GOLD test. Um, originally, it was, is there a character with a disability in the film or TV show, and are they not defined by their disability? But I realized I had to change it recently and lower the bar because what was happening was nine out of ten films had nobody uh, at all in the film, not even in the background, not even the you know you know an extra. Um, being seen, so that meant they didn't exist in that world at all. Um, so now it's like a two-phase test. Is there anybody at all in the film, even in a background, even in a you know crowd scene? Um, and if you pass that, then it's like, is there a character who actually you know has speaking lines, and are they not defined by the disability? So, so that's kind of where we're going, and hopefully the film will be a catalyst to open up people's eyes and see things a little differently. Now, you're also looking at, uh, and again, I I don't not remember the film like I wasn't paying attention. I sometimes, for interviews, uh, aside from, I call my epilepsy mashed potato memory, um, <laughs> what I do is, is I sometimes will remove stuff so that I don't slip up with a spoiler or I don't say something that maybe the director, because we didn't talk beforehand and say, don't discuss this guest or that guest. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to let, I wanted to let you know that in advance. Cause I did one time have a filmmaker uh, think that I was being lazy and not paying attention. Um, but <laughs> I kind of do this. It's like, I want to have fun too. Like I want to hear about what you're saying and um, just some quick show maintenance here. Uh, of course we thank Jonah uh, we thank Jenny for her time. We thank Scott. And uh, with these shows, we have to just throw in some of the, some maintenance. Our our last show, uh, speaking of 
a mental, uh, it falls into this, the mental disabilities that veterans are dealing with. Uh, we had the advanced review on HBO's We Are Not Done Yet, which takes a great look at uh, PTSD. It was produced by Jeffrey Wright, who he's in everything. Um, sometimes people say Jeffrey Wright, who that scares me. But um, once you see him, you go, oh, that guy. Uh, he's did this documentary for veterans, worked with them to help them with their PTSD. Uh, that comes to HBO this weekend. And you can check out our advanced review on our website at www.talkingpicturesla.com. You can also scroll a few more down and hear our review of Cinemability, because once we return to the last month, we only did five or six shows. So these will be easy to find. You can go to the top right corner, click on podcast episodes. Um, so now back to speaking with Jenny. Uh, Jenny, there was something in the press kit that mentioned something that you've done with the DGA. Um, and I want to get this right, and I don't want to say it, but uh, I, you're the first... Is it you're the, you're the first member to be a DGA member that's in a wheelchair, correct? As far as I know, I haven't seen anyone else. Um, you know, obviously Ben Lewin, uh, the director of the sessions and uh, tons of other things, um, is a director who uses Canadian crutches. He had polio as a child. Um, oh, okay. But I haven't seen anyone else um, who is a wheelchair user you know, per, a permanent wheelchair user at all. Um, so I believe that's true. Now, now you're getting to represent that. And then also the one thing I don't do on this show, just because I always say I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as Larry King. So I don't jump into the me too movement, but um, mm -hmm. also the, the movement with female filmmakers. Uh, and again, I, I don't know if I had told Scott or Jonah to let you know, but, of course, we don't expect any guests to answer a question. So anything they don't want to discuss, just say uh, pass. Um, we want this to be like filmmakers are hanging out, having coffee. I can't stand those shows okay. that try to force an answer. It makes me nuts. Um, how you were saying you're a part of Gina Davis, Gina Davis's media Institute. Uh, we can't say who, but we have a surprise interview coming up with them soon. And I always have to tell people, no, it's not Gina Davis. Um, but, uh, how, how is this, how can I put this? I, I'm always interested in stuff I cannot do. That's why I like talking to skydivers or mountain climbers or, uh, how does it feel to be in that position of representing, uh, representing a group and being able to be an advocate and a voice for something so important, be it the, uh, the disability side or also the that you're on a part of a board with a uh, with Gina Davis Institute. I mean what's what's that like? Well um you know the, the Gina Davis Institute um is doing great work and they're pointing out something that you know people had overlooked and and it's my pleasure to be on their advisory board and hopefully um um the work will not only continue but be no longer needed if it works. <clears throat> you know, there won't be a need if the problem is addressed. Um, so, female directors, I'm thrilled uh, that 
they're starting to recognize that we need more and that we have stories that can be told um, and that we should be at the table as well. Well, since that came out and I learned about the film Fatals and we've had countless film Fatals on and then the uh, Alliance of Women Directors, there's so many different ones. Now, I call this my, and it's going to be a new segment, so you're the first guest. I call it my box of stupid questions that in no way are myself. I'm I'm thrilled to be the first, and I love (laughs) that you're doing a female Friday. That's awesome. Yes. Well, and and here's where it comes from, is that I in no way is this an opinion of mine, any of the team, the show, anybody, anyone, but I feel like I get, I hear questions and I think, okay, I can't ask that, but I can create this new segment because I don't like saying uneducated people because we all get, we all get, uh, we're lucky enough to have parents that support us or we're lucky enough to have had great teachers. And so it's always tough to be like, you're not as smart as me, but one question that I get and it concerns me because it can perpetuate itself is we have the important need of stuff for women, but then as the tipping point goes to uh, say, okay, we want men to fund this, but then the men can't be a part of it. So where does that fall into with these groups and these centers um, in conversation or in a, or in addressing that, like we want an all female crew, but we don't mind if the EP is a guy. So, is there anything you could elaborate or answer on that? Uh, sure. I, I I love men of all types. <laughs> I love men and and women, and I think what would be nice is if you know we just focus on talent. You know, if if we get a crew together and. You know, they're the best one for that project, and they're the talented ones. That's that's who should be, you know, on that particular project. Um, the problem comes when you don't get a chance to to be a part of it. You know, you don't even get an opportunity to be hired, right, because they're not right. going to consider you because of how you look. Um, but, but once that's done, you know, I think that um, – that there shouldn't be demands. It should be, you know, who's who's right for the project, who's available, who's talented, and that's the only thing that should be considered, not are they male, are they female, are they black, are they white, are they, you know, whatever. Um, it should just be, you know, are they able-bodied, are they disabled? It should be this person is perfect to tell the story, and they're going to bring something else to it. What we want to do is, you know, the country is mixed and the country has, is diverse and we want, you know, employment to be the same. Right. Well, I, I think if you, if you oh, go sorry, too go much the other way, then you're just doing it in reverse. You know, it doesn't, you know, you don't want to say it has to be all women, you know, because I, like I said, I like guys. You know, they, they're good too. I think everyone brings something different to the table. I write with a co-writer who is um, male, and I think that makes our story stronger because we have two different perspectives. It's all about, you know, telling truthful stories that audience members can relate to, find themselves in, 
and um, hopefully enjoy and, and maybe even learn something from. Right. Yeah, no, I, well, because see, I've also, too, what was, what was interesting when this, when it became the, and again, not me too, but the women's uh, movement, these female groups, uh, uh, you know, I found some of my favorite indie directors to where I was like, hey, I might not have ever come across this had there not been a movement or a group or the Fatals. Um, I found out from the Fatals, but I was interviewing a director for a festival and I said, is there anything you'd like to plug while we close out? And she said, the film Fatals. And I went, what's that? And then, you know, 20 guests later, I'm like, my gosh, had she not said that, I wouldn't have seen this film and this director and I wouldn't, you know, know this person that comes on the show. And, and so what I also look at is that, like, I was at a film festival once and they were like, uh, you know, women's only brunch. And for me, I was thinking, you know, okay, four of the people attending that wanted to come on the show. And I'm not saying like I'm the LA times or I'm going to make your career if you come on, but I had to kind of wrestle with, you're not, well, well that's what Jonah, that's what, that's what Jonah told me. <laughs> Damn. Martin Scorsese oh, no. was on yesterday in case nobody knew or listened. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, did you give him my number? I know. Did you give him my phone number? Hey, wait a minute. You already know Ben Affleck. You're ahead of me. Um, <laughs> so the, <laughs> Um, so for me, I wrestled with this weird thing where I went, well, if I can't go like to a brunch, should I be blogging and podcasting and telling people and not in a, not in a derogatory, bad, screw you way, but I think it falls again under, um, when I was saying the stupid questions of, I've heard men that are just being like, oh, the film fatals, they just hate us or oh, the Gina Davis thing is just, they're just trying to bring us down so we don't need to support them. And because I'm in mm -hmm. the middle and know differently is how I always wonder how that uh, was, why I wondered how that's handled. And then also, like you're saying, it is reverse. I kind of felt like if, if I can't go to a party you're at, then not why should I support you, like neener, neener. I don't know, could you... Yeah, you know... I'm, Is there something you I'm could comment just, on something like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm I've never liked any sort of segregation <laughs> at all. I mean, I think that we are stronger together, and um, uh, and, and like I said, I I I like the mix. You know, I, I don't I don't want to be in a room of people just like myself because that's boring. I want to be in a room with everybody and learn from people that have different life experiences that I don't have. So I don't really feel that comfortable in a, you know, I guess people do uh, like a women's lunch only. I don't know why. I, I, You know, I guess they just, you know, want to, you know. I'm, see, I'm with I you on know. the together I mean, the thing. Gina I, Davis, the, the, the Gina Davis Institute, when they have meetings, the Gina Davis salons, it's not just women. There's men, there's men on the panel, there's, you know. When I do a panel for cinemability, I don't have just people with disabilities. I have, you know, able-bodied folks. I have, I have everybody. 
and every different sort of everybody, you know, because we're all in the mix. And, and I actually feel most comfortable when, when you know, when it's a bunch of people around. I, I work with a lot of men, um, you know, because, you know, I like guys too, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, it's just like I said, people, you know, we're in a, we're in a time where people are kind of picking teams rather than uh, just joining the, the human team. What a great, God, I really, I really, really like what that, that you just said that it's, there's been so many and we'll just stay away from, all the other divisions in the world. Um, but, uh, but I, I like, I, I remember one time I, I was talking with someone about Denzel's fences and it was around the time of, you know, the Oscar so white and the, you know, the, I, I have a fear of the work, like you said, not you said, but you were alluding to the work being put aside for uh, because it wasn't a white guy who made it like there has to be, and um, I felt that way with three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I thought that was a genius film. I thought there was some political moves when it went between the Globes and the, and I hate saying that because I don't talk to my dad's family because they're racist from Missouri. So I was able to see that film and be like, that is a near perfect film. That's exactly the way they act. That's exactly my relatives. It's exactly why I've disowned everybody. But I mean, I don't even talk to my own grandmother because she's racist. So I was like, why did that film get moved aside? Because we had to look across the board and not see all white guys, which not taking away from anything. We had the DP of Get Out. We had connections to the films. Um, but like your, the, this tipping point is what I get nervous about um like for instance ladybird i loved ladybird there was so much controversy about the nomination that i tried to watch it a second time and ended up not enjoying it because i was like the controversy altered my my perception and that's what i liked Mm. that your film did was that it showed it as is it didn't try to say hey you're not paying attention to me enough it didn't try to make someone feel bad it didn't it just said, this is what it is. And what it, another really um, strong thing it did for me was I had seen, I can't believe I forget his name, James, the Hollywood quad. Um, oh, Jim Trush. I Yeah. I had seen his documentary that he made about himself at a film festival years ago. So I was really excited to see that because I was like, Oh, I remember this. I covered it. And that my gosh, that scene with Brian Cranston so funny, but it's so mm-hmm. today would be so politically incorrect. Um, but Jim, and we won't even get into Jim's all his humor was very politically incorrect. Oh yes, yeah. And today is I mean we won't even get into I mean another thing we can't get into today PC. Um, but the, the some of the things that I just really uh, you know you had, I thought you had the you know I'm just for audience there was. The, you know, the perfect choice of clips, uh, the editing of this. And I've, I've never really seen a documentary where I'm not paying attention to other than your initial that you're going, okay, that's Ben Affleck or you're going, but to really at a certain point, 
all you're seeing is just someone talking. And that was just what I really wanted to commend you on again, because I think like with any documentary, you know, we're intrigued because a certain historian is talking or we're listening to film history more when Scorsese talks than when a professor at UCLA talks. This was, I mean, other than, was it just natural or I don't mean to like repeat a question, but I think this is a little bit different. Was it natural or did you ever get a please don't treat me like or any of that from some of the people in it? I mean, because this isn't just like some people that are known. This is like you had the top of Hollywood. So was there anybody that had to consciously be like, look, I just want to be Ben. I don't want to be the Academy Award winning producer like was there any of that that came up in the in the making of this? Uh, no. I mean, um, like I said, the only thing with some of the people that maybe I didn't know in advance was a little trepidation about saying the wrong word. You know, like they didn't want to say anything that was offensive. Um, oh, okay. But, like, they wanted to be politically correct because still in our culture – you know, people say things like wheelchair bound, you know, and because I use a wheelchair, you know, they were, you know, maybe a little cautious. But once I, you know, kind of started talking to them and realized I'm a filmmaker first and that's what I'm interested in and and we started talking about films, all that went out the window and they were at ease and we had a good time. And, And a lot of times they actually opened up more than I even expected. You know, I, I thought, you know, I... I wouldn't have revelations of their own, but they, you know, I'd ask them a question and they'd say, I, wow, you're making me think about something I never thought about before. Um, and then they would elaborate and we would get it on camera, which was, you know, great because, like you said, you see these people and they're usually playing a part. And you don't see them being themselves. Even if they're on, you know, a talk show, they're still promoting something and they're, you know, still doing their job. But we had a moment of a conversation where they're basically opening up their true thoughts on a topic. See, this is, yeah, and this is why everyone, you really need to check this out because this is, I, I, I mean, even like you're saying, you're alluding to even Ellen, Jimmy Fallon, you're getting some form of entertainment, which rightfully so, you don't want a boring William H. Macy just sitting there talking. And that's where this film really floored me because I was thinking, I was like, wow, it, will I ever see these people talking just normal? Like, unless I get to meet them or um, I know people who know them. So it's like, I mean, you know, how it is like everybody's one step away in Hollywood. Like I, I have this, you know, I have this, you know, I like my high school drama teacher, was in high school, uh, played basketball for three years with President Obama. Goes to his house, they hang out, you know, would go to the White House. And I just always had this joke that it's like, why am I one step away from the president? Like, why am I one step Mm -hmm. away from my favorite rock star? Uh, Like, my friend knows my favorite director. Like, am I ever going to get that step out of the way? (laughs) 
Like, I want to shoot yeah. hips with Obama, like, just once, just to say I did, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like him, whether people like him or not, just be like, yeah, Obama beat me in one-on-one. Um, so that's what I really dug was this was, uh, at, a, at a point, I stopped, uh, other than I will say William H. Macy, I never stopped noticing that it was him. Um, <laughs> I, uh, th- sorry, I, I don't mean to have my geekdom be taking your time. So now we'll no, he go was in. great in the film. He, oh. he added a lot of, he had some funny moments too. He, yeah, he's, um, yeah. There's just, that, that's a guy that I just think can do no wrong with his, with his work. Um, now, some of the just basic questions that we ask each guest, uh, we, ju- we do, um, we try to act like we're as cool as inside the actor's studio. Uh, but uh, yeah. It's a big influence. I mean, how can it not be? But we're not going to ask you what do you want to say at the pearly gates. Um, so, oh, <laughs> what's your favorite word? What's your, you know, we have to be somewhat original. So our, so our, our first question is what, uh, you know, aside from as we as filmmakers, let's say the budget's there, the script is there, the cast is there. Uh, what's the genre that you want to do before? Uh, that you that you would have to do if given the chance. Uh, it's easy. I've had a script that I co-wrote for a long time. It's I'm a big Hitchcock fan. You're talking about oh, okay. Peter. Uh, you know, he interviewed you know a lot about Hitchcock also. But um, yeah, I'm a big Hitchcock fan. I love suspense thrillers. You know, um, and I have one called Adrenaline, where the women are the bad guys. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and if I had the ultimate opportunity, unlimited budget, that's what I would be doing. Right oh, now, I, I have like, a film in okay. post that's a campy, low-budget, you know, horror film about killer cockroaches that attack a college campus. <laughs> it's not very mm. highbrow, but mm-hmm. oh, roach! Because I just needed something fun. Um, right after trying to influence and and educate and entertain the world with cinemability, I thought it was time to do something fun. So we did this little crazy little film. But, but yeah, if I had an unlimited budget, uh, I would definitely do a Hitchcock stunt thriller called Adrenaline. Well, you know, I, I really like that you mentioned that because we have, uh, I used to always love when I, I was 20 and I was just fortunate because my grandma, so I'm not talking in a snobby way, but I was lucky that, I was 20 years old watching Hitchcock and Billy Wilder and David Lean. And um, I, you know, you'd ask my favorite film, I'd say strangers on a train and, and I would get oh, three yeah. friends who, who just would not watch it, but then they would go watch like double jeopardy with Tommy Lee Jones and Ashley Judd. And I'm like, it's yeah. the same thing. They can't figure it out. It's who done it. <laughs> and you love that now, but you won't watch this. And I always tell people, watch all of Hitchcock till you get to like Marty family plot, uh, got trouble with Harry when it, and it was just like, how was he even getting money to make films? I, okay, I'm not going to say I'm better than Hitchcock, but you know, that string of mm-hmm. ones towards the end where it was just like, really? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Hitchcock, great answer. Um, let's see. I do this show for my grandma who was, some of this filmmaker, Female Friday was because she never had the opportunity to do anything in film and it suits right into what this is for and what we're talking about. And, you know, she 
could have just hung in with anyone talking film and knowing film. And um, so, yeah. So the next question is, is just basically the opposite. Uh, no money. Uh, lights are off. Haven't eaten in a week. You get offered this and it can't be script because we know story is story. That there's just no way you're doing this uh, genre. Oh, what would I never want to do, no matter what? Yeah, no matter what. Lights that's are off. Easy, that's easy. Uh, anything that, uh, you know, about uh, torture, abuse, um, you know, child abuse, uh, sexual deviance, you know, any kind of yuck that's on the news is something that we don't do. We don't do those kind of dramas. I wouldn't. Even though it was a great film and people loved it and whatever, I wouldn't have done Princess Pie. It's not my kind of thing. I make films that will entertain. You know, we have some family films on the slate. You know, we we um, we we want people to leave feeling good and um, having characters they can relate to. I have a problem with, like for example, this little horror film that I just did, a little low budget film. Um, the investor came to us and it was either, you know, they wanted to do a little low-budget film, and I said, well, you know, the genres that do best with little money are family or um, horror, and they picked horror, and I, yeah, you know, that limits kind of what I'd like to do, right? So I thought about the thing that scares me constantly. I grew up in the South, and uh, cockroaches are horrific. They're so fast and big and creepy. Um that I thought that would make a good movie. So All right. it. but it's not it's not a serial killer, you know, I I I wouldn't do that. Now are you what about say a film alluding to not showing, like Mystic River? You don't see the craziness and the murder and the harming of yeah. the girl. Um yeah. You know, it, it makes me a little squeamish, you know. Um right. there is there is a story that um a true story actually that I know of that ultimately um I probably will do that's that has those elements. Um and that would be my exception to the rule. You know, you always give yourself one one that you know, you might have to do, so I have one drama that I might have to do one day. Um but um, generally, I get more excited about things that are, you know, romantic comedies and, and action. I love, you know, blowing stuff up. That's fine. <laughs> um, you know. Well, um, that's, we're, we're like, a, we've lived like a reverse career path because I, I produced five features and two of them, like two of them were action, two of them were horror, and one was just art house. But it's one of the reasons why I can't watch horror movies anymore because the directors required me to watch so many from good to bad to B to that. I just got tired of it, that it has to be a really smart horror film or has to be something that I'm, uh, I thought shutter Island walked those horror elements, but you would have never got me in there if it wasn't for DiCaprio and Scorsese. Um, so yeah, that's a very, I got in the, one of the, one of the, reasons I think I got, you know, into 
loving the business was watching Jaws, you know, oh, as okay. a kid. And I was yeah. probably way too young to see it, but seeing the audience jump and, you know, um, that kind of horror uh, I, I really liked. And as a kid, my older sisters would make me go to all these films that I didn't want to and wasn't you know, uh. really old enough, but if you had an older sibling that was over a certain age, they could take you. And I, and I hated it. And now I'm kind of, uh, occasionally I don't mind it. Certain kinds, like I said, is it like the difference is, even though I know the producer of Saw and I really like him, I wouldn't, I've never seen it and I don't want to because it's a torturous, you know, kind of thing. Um, but Halloween doesn't bother me so much because he, you know, stabs him and it's kind of, you know, Halloween-y, you know. Fred, well, uh, Freddy used to scare me. It's a fine, me. it's a yeah, fine Halloween line, Halloween is right? different, right? P- when you're using the POV or Jason or, and I think sometimes those are just, uh, I, I, I think of them as like, kind of films you just got to see once. So maybe if they come up in conversation, you're like, yeah, I know who Michael Myers is. I didn't need to see the other one, yeah. uh, Halloween H2O. I didn't mind. Uh, I mean, Freddy. When it got to like part four or five, it was like, okay, enough. Um, mm-hmm. but we all know, we all know eighties, everything had to be a sequel, but then again, we can't complain because that's right. why we have lethal weapon back to the future. Mm-hmm. Um, we can say we all wish Godfather three was never made. I'm yet to meet someone right. who likes that. Um, actually, if I ever meet someone who liked it, likes it, they will be a podcast guest. <laughs> and I think that'll be the most listened to show ever. I'll tell everyone, I found someone who likes Godfather three, tell your buddies. Um, so our, so our, our last question is, or not question. Our last thing is, is just, if there's anything aside from mentioning your website and, uh, just plugging the film, if there's anything else that you would like to mention, uh, a website or a blog or something that you also do creativity wise, uh, we like to give the last couple of minutes for the guests to just kind of have the floor. Okay, well, um, the website, probably the best one right now is cinemability.com. They share the same A, so cinemability.com. And um, uh, we also have a film, Gold Pictures is my company, and we have a film coming out called Tiger um, in theaters in November, the end of November, um, which is about um, a boxer. Actually, the other movie I... I really liked uh, Orlando was Rocky, one and Rocky mm. two, um, but um, again for the same reason that they really inspired audiences. People were jumping out of their seats, and I, I like being able to do that. So hopefully, uh, films that go. So Tiger is about a an Indian, a Sikh Indian who wants to be a boxer, but they want him to shave. So it's about a fight for his right to uh, mm. participate, also. So Goldfish is kind of doing another thing about people um, fighting for inclusion, I suppose. And but, that's coming um, to theaters? Yeah, in the end of November, everywhere. Uh, wow. And it's, uh, we're hoping to get into the Spirit Awards. It won Best Picture at the San Diego International Film Festival. I was just saying, that's just, why I've heard of it. I was at the San Diego International Film Festival. I was covering it. I was like, Tiger, Tiger. Yes, and you know what? I'm I'm not bullshitting. Pardon my language. We're an uncensored show. This is so serendipitous. This is so Jonah. 
This has Mickey Rourke, right? Yeah, how come I didn't see you? Okay. Or did well, you see me? No, here here was the thing. I only get to cover San Diego one day because I had a seizure two years ago and I don't have a license and I just got it back. So I always have to get someone to drive me. So that's why I can only go one day. And so yeah. I remember I was looking at the winners and I had to just pick so... And that's why once you said Tiger, I was like, Tiger, I know this Tiger. Then you said Boxer. And I had this picture of Mickey Rourke with ropes. And I was like, Tiger, why? And so now yeah. that you're saying it, yeah, so this this was something, because, you know, film festivals, you always walk away either happy that you saw three things or pissed that you didn't see three things, right? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, like filmmakers, or we both. never get enough, right? We see five films and we're just ticked we didn't see six. Um, right. So that... So, okay. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. And I will say I don't invite myself anywhere, but I, I invite guests back. So if, if you would like to come back, we'll talk through Jonah or however you want to talk, but that is a film. I, I, I'm the hugest. I'm like, we were talking about people are people. The only person I would probably treat like a celebrity for two minutes is Steven Tyler. And then I'd be like, okay, you're Steven Tyler. Um, but mm-hmm. I really wanted to see this because I'm just the, I just love Mickey Rourke. When he came back with the wrestler, I was just like, this is awesome. And I hadn't looked at the program guide. And it, I think it was also too that it was playing the, the next day. So, mm. wow, that's a small world. I'm sorry, I'm letting my fandom run amok. Um, no, it's good. It's a, it, I love it, fans, and that's what we all are. That's why we got this business. Oh, this is so fantastic! I have to uh, because I will. So you said it's coming out at the end of November, so I'll just write. I'll just write Tiger end of November. Um, I'll just write that it's yeah, coming out. Yeah, you can talk to, talk to Jonah about it. Okay, Tiger, and I'll talk to Jonah. It's funny. We have a friend. And then we got to come back on when we have our roach. <laughs> oh, no. This, be next this is year. awesome. What a small. Yeah, no. You know, that's a thing I want to tell you, too, uh, that I tell guests, even though Jonah knows. Um, every guest, unless they hang up and go, God, why did I talk to that guy, uh, is welcome back. We we have some guests that have been on four or five times, and we just, uh, we're going to start doing panels. Uh, we're going to start yeah. doing more profile episodes where it's not just promoing a film. It's kind of also like, hey, do you like to paint? Do you like to sit on the beach? What do you do when you write? Like, so people can kind of get more than just uh, uh, the standard stuff. Um, but this is totally fantastic. Like I'm, uh, let me compose myself because when this, when I saw that I missed this film, I was just thinking, I'm a positive person, but I was just like, dang, I don't think I'll ever see it again. I don't know when it'll play festivals. Um, well, we're doing so a, is- a, a screening, actually, I think, at the Del Amo Mall. But Jonah can give you more details coming out. Okay. Uh, it's charity. I think it's next Tuesday uh, in Torrance. Oh, man. I fly to Cincinnati on Tuesday. No, no, no. Shoot. But thank you for that, for letting me know. I will talk to Jonah because I will, like, I just, this is just so funny. So serendipitous. This is like you were saying, people together. This is the, when we started this show four years ago, 
myself and the other producers looked around and said, you know what? We know too many filmmakers all around the world. How can we bring filmmakers together? And mm-hmm. some, my friend had said to me, you should start a podcast. You always talk about movies and you don't shut up. So I was like, <laughs> so I said, hey, that is a are good you, idea. Are you so, in L.A.? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually just south of L.A., down in Huntington Beach. So, oh, great. Yeah, so I do, go to, I do frequent L.A. just for events and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm having no license has just killed me, but I'm getting it back soon. So, uh, so yeah, I, I will definitely talk to Jonah. And this is, wow, this is awesome. You made Tiger. Congratulations on the San Diego win. That's such a great festival. Thank you. Um, I tell filmmakers yeah. if they even got in, it's uh, that was my seventh year covering it. Uh, so we totally dig that. So yeah, um, I didn't mean to take the floor from you, but we're down to like two minutes. Yeah. I just wanted to, again, thank you and um, look forward to having you back. Um, and I'll calm myself by the time Tiger comes around. Uh, well, you know, we're so, we're trying to get a spirit. We're we're hoping to get a, you know, get into the spirit awards. So that's what Tiger's doing. And oh, uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, cinemability is everywhere. So this go is to great. Yes, please support this support this director. Um, and uh, this has been fantastic, Jenny. And uh, of course, we wish you the best with uh, all the films. And um, yeah. Have a fantastic weekend. Thank you. Great meeting right. you, and thanks for uh, having me on. Oh, you're very welcome. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was a wonderful show. I'm way too hyper that that's the director of Tiger because, my gosh, I was wanting to see this film. I was literally frustrated for two days that I didn't see it at San Diego. So with that, going to leave you the way I usually leave you. Thank you for joining us. Happy Aloha Friday. And whether it's morning, afternoon, or evening, or whatever other time of day you can find, make sure and watch a good movie. Aloha.